there is a body of research that actually says that the issues that come about from later term pregnancies, like, you know, higher rates of birth defects and mm. certain genetic illnesses like that is actually caused by the sperm. <laughs> so mm. it's, so it's that, that old, that old, always the man. Yeah, your, your old, <laughs> our old ass sperm <laughs> yeah. being genetically like less, less, less mm. healthy because we we're blaming older. it on the women like some Victorian kings being like, you didn't give me enough sons, but it was the nut the whole time. Once again, fellas. It's not the women, it's y'all. It's y'all. You know? <laughs> nah, you, nah your, your sperm, your you sperm is the one sperm. that's killing these women. That's fucking up the <laughs> vagina and sperm. the babies. Yeah, nah, because the having, old you know, sperm be limping. Sperm. Like it's, old sperm, right. <laughs> it ain't active. <laughs> it's going in a circle and shit. It can't get to the egg. It's like, hold on, girl. I'm going to be there in a second. I'm about to be right with you. <laughs> uh, the sperm be talking to each other like, nah, nigga, you go ahead first. I can't do it no more. <laughs> <laughs> Leave me behind. It's fine. I'm going to hang out up, up front in the foyer. Like, You're taking that motor good. chair that goes up the stairs. Yeah. That's how they're getting in. <laughs> <laughs> That's a red flag. It's a red flag. And it's a complex situation because... With a lot of the like factory workers in other countries, it's the countries that allow for them to get paid so little, and yeah. so big corporations stay on, stay here just take advantage of it. So it's not like they're creating the situation; the situation's already there, and they're making it advantageous for themselves. True, but you can't use that logic yeah. for nothing else. You can't be like, "Well, they already yeah. made the child porn. I was, I just figured I'd buy it. Like, it, <laughs> the kids could, already been they, fucked. They, like, I, I didn't do it. You can't use that logic, you know." Let's go ahead and get into it. Welcome everybody to Waving the Red Flag, the number one work-life balance film and dating podcast in the universe. We got your boys James and Anthony from Raiders of the Lost podcast, as well as my co-hosts uh, Alvin and, and Josh. How you doing, boys? How y'all feeling? Great. How you doing, fellas? Y'all feeling balanced thanks in your work for, life? Thanks for the invite. Yeah, absolutely. Feeling great. We're both working full time on the podcast, and we both left our jobs full time, so now this is it, and it's really great balance, I think. Okay, what when you, you left Josh? your job, how did you leave? Yo, yeah. <laughs> Fuck you, niggas. I'm out, bitch. Oh, I, guess, bitch. I got this Patreon and I was like money. dancing on my way home to work. My last day, I put on Freebird by Led Zeppelin and blasted it three times on the way home to commute home. Just singing at the top of my lungs. I was so happy. I just imagine him talking my... to the boss, like looking at his Patreon numbers, being like, look, I'm at 99 and... Oh, that's 100. Hey, fuck you, Andrew, and walk out. Fuck you. Oh, hold on, hold on. Let me pull up the TikTok real quick. Um... I just want to hop to a, a different thing if that's cool with everybody. Um, yes. Um, do y'all think OnlyFans is gonna make it to where like no men want to have girlfriends anymore? Not not no men, but like I feel like there's a, a population of struggling motherfuckers, borderline incels that it, it'll be. This was their question, by the way. They came up with this topic, but I happen to agree with the premise. <laughs> okay, because I was <laughs> I was a little concerned there for a second. Wait, how well, so? So here's. <laughs> So okay, so the, yeah, so y'all defend this. I, I'm I'm reading what they said. God damn it! Go ahead. I used to think only OnlyFans was a place where you would pay for pornographic images and video from women, and then I've been reading here and there and listening to people talk about it off and on the last couple of months, and I and then I, I now realize that it is a place where you can make a a digital connection with someone, so a guy can literally pay for a, a fictitious relationship with a girl. And you can pay to have them text you. You can pay to have someone send you things. You can pay to send them things. So mm. in a way, it's creating like a, a digital version of like having a girlfriend for these guys. Mm. And I think that could be very risky for the future because it could get, lead to the point where a majority of young men will prefer having a digital online girlfriend or digital relationships that in their from their perspective, from their side of things, 
seem realistic. They're getting an emotional connection from, say, this girl who's sending them photos and texts and cute kissy faces and saying, oh, you're yeah. so sweet, baby. And so they're getting that, but they're not actually making a real-life connection or developing any kind of relationships, any kind of social skills. And so I think that this is a precursor. It's still in the early days, obviously, but in 10, 15, 20 years, what does that look like for especially these young kids who are growing up on smartphones, growing up um, with with, uh, remote learning? Um, Their social skills are not going to be developed in a mature way like ours were. Are they going to be more likely to gravitate towards I want all of my relationships to be online and I don't even crave to have intimacy or, or physical sex or anything. This is this digital version is enough for me. I think it'll be a long time before it gets to the majority, but I do think a lot of people could go in that direction. I think, I mean, I think for a lot of people, they already are there for a lot of people, their only fan subscriptions or people that they subscribe to are their girlfriend. That's, that's who that person is for them. It's a parasocial relationship that they're paying for. To your point, I do think we're building these like platforms and marketplaces to where we can we can pick apart all of the elements of a relationship and then sell them back to people, which I think dating apps kind of are the other side of that. Like even people's interaction, we're going, okay, cool, we can we can sell you an app, but it's designed to where and even even hint like hinge, for instance, they really sell themselves as this app where it's like it's designed to be deleted. You're going to get a partner off of it. But I think they're full of shit even in that regard. Like, it's still, how can we keep you on this app? How can we keep you engaged? How can we keep you coming back? And how can we get men to pay for the experience of being on it, especially men who are medium to low attractiveness? How can we get them to get a premium account and all that kind of shit so we can sell you access to your fellow human beings, sell you access to to intimacy? I think that's already happened for a large group of people who are just above incel. They're not, they're not, they haven't resigned themselves to sexlessness, but they're, fully on just OnlyFans, fully on just Tinder, Hinge, that kind of shit, just cycling through people. I do think it's dangerous. And it's, it, in itself encourage isolation in a way, mm. and it could get worse because it's encouraging you to, to just stay at home and interact. If you think about it, watching porn, you're having like a sexual relationship with someone in the porn video in a way. Oh, yeah. No, yeah, absolutely. In your it's mind. parasocial 100%. So, you feel like you like this person, that yeah. you're attracted to them. It's all it's, – it's, but it's all – grounded in isolation this is still very early stages only 2022 the internet's still pretty young and we don't even know what's going to be out there in 30 years like this is just like scratching the surface and so i think that a lot of these things are encouraging self-isolation which is very dangerous because we're social animals we're social dynamics is part of who we are yeah i do i do kind of wonder how negative of a thing it is i mean if everybody's getting their needs met maybe it's not that bad but it does seem like we're solving the problem backwards yeah like that's what i was gonna say was like because it seems like we're taking steps back versus forward in a Mm -hmm. lot of common practical skill sets that we had to develop as a species like such as working together such as beings like such social creatures because like human beings do need we do need to live in a community but we're it feels like we're taking steps to deconstruct the the civilization and, and human community like the the real time um face to face interaction with one another and moving that online for an artificial connections so just because everything would be easier that way and yeah, that ease is kind of destroying yeah a lot of different areas of our lives that we, I don't I don't I don't even know if we're aware of do you feel that when you're on dating apps yourself? In terms of like, in terms of what, because in in the, in the sense that it feels like dating apps feel like they're it has the impression that it's real because it's a real person that you might actually see, but I feel like the platform 
heavily controls, even when you're not on the app, what that interaction will look like because they show you who is in your town. They show you who you're going to interact with. They facilitate how that match happens, how likely it is. Even the people that you match with, I feel like on some Google sinister level shit, they maybe are even matching you with people. I don't know if I'm getting conspiratorial here, but they even match you with people that they know are going to have you back on this app again within the next six months kind of shit. They're not really matching you with like, oh, cool, this is going to be wifey, this is going to be husband, you know? You know what it really does is it, it fuels fantasy. Like when you match with someone and then you fantasize, like yeah. you can't help but like imagine scenarios. And it kind of fuels that fantasy, seeing the images, seeing the cute little bios in a lot of ways. It, it, and then you put that person on a pedestal. It's like this fantasy that is just feeding of every person you interact with. Yeah, plus you see way too many fucking options. Like, as a girl or as a guy, I mean, especially as a girl, but as a, even as a guy as well, you're like, you're not, you're not, you're never present. You're never fully present because the way the app is designed, while you're talking to one person, you can literally see 10, 15 500 other people that you're current that currently also have matched with you in some way you're not that's not supposed to that's like being on a date while like (laughs) while like all of your exes are also still like on the date with you like it's not natural to be able to flirt with one person while having a fucking like rolodex of everybody else that you could also be flirting with because i bro i'd be on i've in the past i don't use them anymore but you'd be on hinge and tinder literally rapid switching between like three or four conversations where you're simultaneously flirting with different people going down the line going down the line hey hey how are you hey what you doing oh yeah no i agree I with that oh yeah i did see that movie da, 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 like kind of shit i don't know eddie and man I, I, it takes a toll on your mental health too I'm about to i don't know man toxic what's up like High school, Alvin, you know, junior, senior year, freshman, freshman, sophomore year, college. That might have mm. been my text message experience. You know what I'm oh, saying? No, true, like, true. I, 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 I may have, you know, known these women in person also, like yeah. pre that, but like I was definitely like, hey, baby, you know, you all I think about. Oh, no, you're right. Another message. Yeah, yeah. Hey, Copy, baby. paste, nigga. No, I'm oh, not you typing it out. Fuck it. Just, just blind carbon copy everybody. Fuck it. I'm just sending it to the whole group. Y'all, yeah, y'all man, figure it, was, it out. No, nah, it was some shit that, that like I got caught up one time, man, because like I was sending the wrong messages to women, and I was oh, like, yeah. man, shit, oh, I gotta have a better fucking be system. Like I had to like recover. Never yeah. say somebody's name in a text because you don't know who you might be talking to. You know what I mean? You save <laughs> a number wrong. I don't know. You gotta be careful. Y'all remember you when Instagram used- names? Yeah, yeah, hey baby, hey, hey sugar, man, hey, hey peaches, boo. hey, yeah, yeah exactly. Big booty, <laughs> just like two chains. Hey soulmate, yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey <Right>. wifey. <laughs> Oh, yeah, you got to just be like, hey, Mrs. Overgold to everybody, like, fuck it, you know? But I also feel like, y'all remember when uh, Instagram used to have that fucking wild-ass feature where when you messaged two people with the same thing, it made a group chat with them? Oh, I never Yes, I never I've made that mistake before. Oh, wow, that's crazy. That was like, yeah, it was maybe like seven (laughs) or eight years ago, but it would be like if you sent a meme to two girls, it would instantly make a group with all three of y'all where you had the meme, and you're like, oh, damn, I don't, not my wife and my girlfriend, nobody. You couldn't unsend messages. You couldn't delete (laughs) them. Yeah, and you had to make up some story of like, um, hey, uh, y'all, I think y'all would really get along. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, y'all, should, y'all should get to know each other. <laughs> oh God, y'all clearly y'all have the same types of humor. Y'all, don't y'all think that's funny <laughs> that I intentionally sent that to to both of y'all? You got to invite like mad more people into the group. Like start adding homeboys and like you know coworkers know. to like hide it. You know what I mean? Oh my God, Jesus Christ, that was fucking terrifying. Instagram, the original hater. Yeah, absolutely. I know it destroyed some relationships. That that feature. I don't know why the fuck they thought that that was a good idea to add. It was a terrible Snapchat, idea. too, because remember old Snapchat? You used to be able to see 
who people were sending messages to, like the top three that they mm. most sent messages to, you could see like oh, yeah. usernames. So you'd yeah. be like, why are they Jesus sending Christ. their top three? That's like who they're talking to the most. That's and also Instagram, you used to be able to see what people you followed were liking. Oh, that was. And so like, say you're talking to a girl and she's not texting you back, but then you can look over your feed and see she's liking a bunch of photos. And then, then you're like, oh my God, this of is awful. better looking dudes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's terrible. It was terrible. But see, that's something that I really think that like dating apps also fuck up is that, and not to get on like, not to say that people should settle, but people should settle. I feel like with dating apps, it reduces human beings down to like, um, to, to product descriptions, right? Like in person, you meet somebody, you hear their voice, you see how they operate in a social setting and you can kind of feel their charisma in a much more real way. Whereas with a dating app, even if you're doing voice notes and video notes and stuff like that, it's a product. So you've got an advertisement, you've got like the nutrition facts. Okay, this this box of Raisin Bran is six foot two and makes this much money and does want kids and doesn't do drugs or whatever. And so it makes you overemphasize things that wouldn't matter as much in the real world. So yeah, of course those things still matter, but you reduce them down. And I think that divides us a lot more where you have people and, looking for any excuse to say, nah, fuck this, you know? And texting already is such an unnatural thing. I mean, you'll wait like 15 minutes to find, to come up with the perfect response. <laughs> uh, the delayed text, like, oh, I don't want to, uh, what can I say? Whereas in person, it's all on the spot, spontaneous, and your real personality comes out. But you texting, especially on dating apps, because it's okay to, to wait a while to respond. To respond, You like kind of craft buffer. like this version of yourself that you think is like the best version of yourself, but it's not at all accurate to yeah, who you, you show are up to the date like, person. hey, how are you? Um, I, uh, what was, uh, what was your name? <laughs> like all nervous and shit. Can't string a sentence together. That's, That's weird. Like, I'm the, it's the opposite for me. Like, <laughs> are I'm you too smooth in real life? I know, I know. I believe it. I believe it's, it's, it. It's, it's motherfucker. It's, it's just like. <laughs> he like, I don't, I don't read and write so good, but I'm smooth in person. <laughs> <laughs> I love you. What you do. Hey, girl, that hey, ass is fat. <laughs> also, Josh, you lying like a motherfucker. Josh, you finna tell a lie because you articulated <laughs> shit writing. What? Motherfucker, you smooth writing too, man. Shit. On a professional level, yes, but like when it comes to just <laughs> women in the wild, nigga, no. <laughs> like, <laughs> I would just rather like just meet up with somebody like you know, there's already interest there. We go on a date, or like we just get up and then you know, hey, just let make, let the cards fall where they may. But via text, like it's so easy to get in your own head and like, okay, like mm. oh man, I just, oh she only gave me like two words. <laughs> Damn, nah, that's, you gotta okay, let that okay, go. How, how can you I flip this go. into something funny? You know what I mean? I just let those go. If you if you send me if you oh and you know what's another thing that I fucking hate um when somebody puts in their profile that they're a bad texter like that's an immediate red flag not red flag but like that's an immediate okay I'm um he said the thing he said the yeah, thing he said it yes he oh, did they waving him <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Hey. <laughs> <laughs> I feel yeah. like the people who say they're bad texters are the people who are on their phone twenty four seven and see everything. Oh, yeah. right. Absolutely. And it's like, why would why would you admit that? that? That's like me being like, um, I don't know what a clitoris is on a on a dating app. <laughs> like, why would you publicly admit that you should that people matching with you should have low expectations? That's wild as hell. <laughs> they're they're already saying that they're not gonna, they're not going to respect you enough to give you their time. Absolutely, they're immediately <laughs> saying that I don't even know you yet. I'm not like set your expectations here because I'm going to be talking to a shit ton of other people and I'm not going to pay you anymore. <laughs> You're well, like number 16. Means. Jesus Christ. Oh, but James and Anthony, are y'all on are y'all on dating apps right now? Or y'all just y'all pulling fully from Patreon? They, they can't they, they, they can't answer that question. They got the Patreon bucks coming in, baby. <laughs> oh, okay, <laughs> got you. No, fortunately I have got to say single on a dating for TV. app in 
like a year and a half now and it's 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 really it's nice like it's because i think it just wears on your mental health and just it just messes with your head so much and it's it's a huge time waster too for a lot of Absolutely. people as well especially with us when we we're starting our business and trying to get the, the podcast going to where it's it is now we couldn't have done it if i was like going on dates every weekend but you know i'm not i haven't been on a dating app in a while i don't think i'll ever be on one ever again yeah, but you have a little side thing going I on. I mean, I, I do all right for myself in real life, you know. But <laughs> <laughs> so are you? Are you? Dating I actually, in person I or? broke. I caved in and I tried Bumble again yeah. for two weeks. Said to myself, I'm like, it's just gonna go how it always goes, and it did go how it usually always goes. And how does it go? Just, you is that? I don't know. I don't know if you're roasting right, you or, or no, bragging. I can't me. tell what's going on. <laughs> <laughs> it went how it usually goes. Your boy laid it down. What it does in and out. That was, was 26 year old me. No. Okay, gotcha. <laughs> but I mean, uh, like I had like a couple of okay dates. Um, I had two good dates with one girl. I'm at this point in my life where I want someone to put in effort too. Yeah, yeah. I think that's reasonable. Two great dates. Um, I'm doing. I'm facilitating all the texting, whether it be making arrangements to do plans or just saying hi in the middle of the week. I'm not a big texter. I don't text you all day, but I'll text you like every other day, just something small. Um, and then it got. We had two great dates, and then I facilitated one more text, a couple of things. And then I was like, okay, I'm gonna wait for her to reach out to me. Just I, all I want is like say hi, say hey, yeah. how's your day going? Nope, that was. I it. didn't hear anything for two nope, weeks. Sure didn't, sure didn't. And, <laughs> oh no, yeah, that's <laughs> a not, yeah, nope, nope. Yeah. That's a. So that's I'm not even gonna try like to pursue that, but, yeah. someone who's not no. gonna put every effort into trying a to pursue me. A double texter is a good sign, to, yeah. but it can also be dangerous as well. But like it's, it depends, it depends. But that's yeah. a good sign, I would say generally. So are y'all dating mm. in in? Like IRL primarily, is that where y'all find people? Or are y'all on grind mode, you know what I'm saying? Focusing on the mission. <laughs> no, I, 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 I date We have no life. time for it's, pussy. It's nothing, it's, I don't date seriously. It's just, um, you know, like a, you just fucking. a consensual booty call <laughs> okay. of hanging out too. Oh and I, gosh, whatever you want to call modern dating today. He's a fuck boy with a I'm podcast. Too busy to I'm too time. busy. I'm a business man. I'm running a business. I don't have time to love you, girl. Don't fall in love with me. Dave's <laughs> <laughs> got a Rolodex of sneaky links. And then I'm just seeing, I see this older woman like once a month. Just go to her place. How That's older? Crazy. Wait, you're saying you actually see somebody just once a month? Yeah, I mean, I would like to do a little bit more, but she's extremely busy. <laughs> That's crazy. Does she have a podcast too? Is she an entrepreneur? Nah. Okay. You know what? The crazy thing, I don't know why, but for some reason I can totally see Anthony like, yeah, that, that being his tease, like just getting up with an older chick. <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> just I, I taking care of them. Just know. laying out at the pool with some old ladies, right. some old floozy. <laughs> Waiting to collect their life insurance money. <laughs> I've been with about seven women in their 40s. How how big are you? Old, I mean. I'm, well, I'm 32 now in a week. But I was generally like late 20s during yeah, those. Yeah. yeah, like 28, your, 29. What's your measure between the, the girls in their 40s and girls in other age groups that you might have been with? Any, any... Oh, older women are so much easier to communicate with, so much easier to talk to. Mm. They will never flake on you. They're great. They company. always have fruit snacks they available for you. Well, w w very experienced in the bedroom. Like they know what they want. They know what they're doing. Um, <laughs> I've I've had experience where younger women they online on Instagram they look like super sexual. They look like like they're always half naked and like they think they 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 look like they are sexual beings, but in real life for they sure. they kind of don't really know what they're doing intimately. Yeah, I mean, it it's kind of like all for show. But the older women, like, worse. they've 
They've been doing it for 30 years, so 20 yeah. years. So so many dudes listening right now are setting the parameters on their hinge to like 46 <laughs> oh, right yeah. now. <laughs> 100%. But do you feel Give like it's shot. harder to get those women or easier or the just about women? the same? Or yeah, it's. I would say it's easier to get the older women um, because the thing with – it's actually kind of a sad thing where older women – when they're on dating apps, the guys their age, they don't want to date uh, wom- women their age. So the the men in the 40s up. and the, even in their 50s, they're going for girls in their 20s. But 19 year olds. And, and so all yeah, the middle aged yeah. women, all they have are just like really young, old young guys bucks. or very unattractive guys yeah. who, are, who are their options to date. So then they'll oftentimes go into the younger pool of younger guys because these are the guys that they'll actually want to like have sex with. Plus, look at Anthony's freaking face. This cute kid over here. This innocent <laughs> right. little boy. What older woman want? I'm going to take him for a spin. You want some candy, little boy? Yeah, 100%. I'll take care of you. What's your rent, baby? I can take care of that. Easy. You got a podcast? I'll be a Patreon. Look at this, look at this boy. Those straight teeth and nice haircut. That's good. $25 plan at that, baby. Don't yeah, worry. absolutely. Right. Don't worry about it. Black card. <laughs> you you, you do shave, don't you, little boy? Like, <laughs> oh, my God. Oh. oh I haven't noticed a big, big difference between that. But I, I haven't been with, like, maybe as many old women who were significantly older than me. But, like, you know, I don't know, a handful or so. But I haven't noticed a huge difference in one way or the other. They just happen to have, like, older kids. But that's they seem kind of almost the same to me. But I don't know. Maybe that's the kind of people that I'm. I'm not sure. I think that's mm-hmm. just more so the kind of people you 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 kind of you you know you attract and you're into because like Eddie you mm. you are a uh, a splendid toddler as you like to say you know mm-hmm. so it doesn't matter I mean like you know they provide the sugar for you like no matter what the true. age is so of course you can't tell the difference ah true 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 because I'm 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 basically dating like forty year old women who are making like not very much for their age or like twenty something year old women who are making quite a bit for their age. <laughs> So it kind of balances out, you know what I mean? But it's, it's <laughs> I'm going for that like sixty to like eighty k range. Spot. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm I'm dating based on income, not age. So it's kind of all the same demographic, you know. It's that sweet I need to get the fucking mama. rent paid, you know. <laughs> yeah, by whatever means. Yo, that's Yo, crazy. Bro. Women who are older as well. Um, I'm trying to choose my words carefully because I do feel like the language around like women being older is Careful, like all honey. fucked up. You know what I mean? Um, but women seem to have, have a biological clock that's a little bit different than ours to where it's like, if you're older and you do want kids and I have quite a few women friends who are like, once you're getting into that mid to later thirties, you're like starting to have to have a real difficult conversation with yourself because you're like, fuck if I, the years where I'm going to try and where my body is primed to be able to have a kid are also parallel with the years that are primed to my career in a capitalist society so right. i have to choose let's go Boom. let's go Epidemi- epidemiologist okay. time i let's knew i was it. gonna have something on it all right so one from a money perspective it actually it actually is better for women to have um their children earlier so like if you wait until you're establishing your career like mm. it's actually more of a monetary hit than if you have it when you're like 22 23 and then you catch up a little bit on the back end um obviously you never catch up completely because we Mm. still have a gendered gap in in salaries but that's um a separate conversation now in terms of actual health right the average age is typically like 27 for men 24 25 for women and i want to give the full statement because somebody's going to call it out i'm not talking about the nuance that is that black women um have more dangerous pregnancies for a lot of reasons one of it being social some of it being well all of it being social all of it is ultimately social 
that caveat aside, it's a lot more feasible to have pregnancies well into your 30s, you know, 40s, premenopausal at a healthy level for women than you may seem to think because mm. the studies that initially said that were actually very poorly done studies. And most of the data that you see on that comes from like two studies that were very poorly done. Interesting. Further, okay. most there is a body of research that actually says that the issues that come about from later term pregnancies, like, you know, higher rates of birth defects and mm. certain genetic illnesses like that is actually caused by the sperm. <laughs> so it's Dang. so it's that, that old that old always nut. the man yeah your your old your, our old ass sperm <laughs> yeah. being genetically like less 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 mm. healthy because and we're blaming it on the women like some Victorian kings being like you didn't give me enough sons but it was the nut the whole time yeah well, because think, think about, about it the egg think about doesn't it doesn't change over time exactly you women yeah. are born with their eggs like they're born with all of the eggs they have and then those but they eggs go, just, but, I mean eggs go bad I mean I. Yeah, eggs go bad over time, but, like, they're not genetically being, like, modified to the same extent that, like, your sperm that you're producing all the time, you know? So that's something that, like, doesn't get talked about enough, but I did want to highlight that. You feel a little bit hit, Josh, by that? I don't know, because that just, like, it just opened up a whole new realm, you know what I mean? Like, nah, it's once again, fellas, it's not the women, it's y'all. It's y'all. You know? (laughs) Nah, nah, your your sperm, your sperm is the one that's killing these women. That's fucking up the Dusty vagina and the babies. <laughs> yeah, nah, man. Because old you know, sperm be old limping. Sperm. Like it's, old sperm, right? <laughs> it ain't active. It's going in a circle and shit. It can't get to the egg. It's like, hold on, girl. I'm going to be there in a second. I'm about to be right with you. <laughs> uh, the sperm be talking to each other like, nah, nigga, you go ahead first. I can't do it, though, boy. <laughs> Leave me behind. It's fine. I'm going I'm to I'm hang out up, up front in the foyer. Like, You're taking that motor good. chair that goes up the stairs. Yeah. That's how they getting it. I'll get there. I'll get there. I'm coming. (laughs) Yeah, you definitely just opened up a new world to me. Are you saying that you theorize or maybe even think or maybe even know that it would be quite feasible for women if they wanted to, to just save all of their children until 35 to 45 and that be the age that they start doing that? Yes. Okay. Assuming that you're healthy and assuming that you can find adequate like care and all that stuff. Yes. So like depending on what group you're in, a lot of, all of that that nuance is a little bit more difficult but sure, yeah. to actually hit but, those numbers because there's medical racism and all that kind of shit as well to, exactly to but exactly. also on top of that you have to find the right partner for you to have children with it seems at the a lot right easy. age well what 100%. i'm wondering is it seems a lot easier to do that if you're if you give allow yourself more time so if you say the cutoff isn't 28 but it's actually 45 being able to find a co-parent and romantic partner seems a lot the odds seem a lot better than kind of the way we sort of sell the image to women which is like yeah you're you're an old fucking saggy uterus by 30 the, you know? the odds the odds are very much better here's the theory that i had and i'm curious james and anthony what y'all think of this because i i've always thought that this is something that's going to happen more is especially wealthier women being able to sidestep both elements of this and just say okay cool i'm going to spend my life building a partner and building a life and when I want to have kids, I'm not going to take the financial hit that usually happens to women by just hiring a surrogate. So if by the time I'm 35, I've got enough money to where I'm ready to raise a kid, I've also got enough money to where I can pluck a woman from a poorer and younger socioeconomic status, put my baby and my husband's baby in her, she incubates it, then boom, we've got a clean baby. And I feel like we've seen like a lot of richer women do. I feel like that's going to become the norm to solve this whole situation or like sort this situation you know but do like you it? think a, a majority of women would not want to would prefer to not have their own child 
as opposed to carrying their own child within them? I think I think a lot of I think it's like the same thing we were saying with dating. I feel like capitalism gives us these like supposed options that are more convenient and people choose them even if in the long term it has negative consequences back on them. I think a lot of and I don't know, I'm not a woman, but also most women haven't had a baby yet either. So I feel like they're kind of also unqualified for this. I think a lot of people would go, yeah, if I could have my baby without having to destroy, not destroy, but like transform my body and take off up to a year, two years from my income, you know, path, I'm going to choose that because society doesn't give me an alternative. They don't give me a, especially in America, they don't give me a way to not fuck up my career, but also have guaranteed income if I'm going to have a child, but the country requires women to have children. So if you give women this option, I think a lot of them would take it. Yeah, it's interesting because some companies, whatever your company you work for, some women have it lucky where they have a lot of maternal leave. But the mm. average maternal leave in America, it's like two weeks, it's three weeks, something like that. And you're right, getting like it's right like back flu. to work. I couldn't imagine like, giving birth to a child or twins. Our mother had twins when she had us. Jesus Christ. Going back to Sorry work to two her weeks later, three weeks later. That's insane. So Ooh, I understand fuck. it from maybe that perspective. Yeah, but then again, I'm in not a woman, parts. so I, I can't like really speak to like – what I what I would know or experience from the situation, but maybe like what Anthony said is, a lot of women maybe still want to have the experience of being pregnant and having the child themselves mm. to maybe have that connection with the baby. I, I can so. see that, but I I understand. I would that, if like, I could. Maybe there is a percentage of the population of women who would want to take that route and to have you know not have to go through the pregnancy, but to still have the child and not sacrifice the income, not sacrifice a career. So. I could see it happening both ways. I mean, I don't, I don't see why not, especially with technology advancing. Children grow, being grown in labs, I mean, you could say that could be a common thing in 20, 30 years. It's like that movie Gattaca. Yeah. You know? But I guess it depends on the perspective of a woman and how each woman views motherhood and what they want from motherhood. So I that's, think the, I, I think, the most important factor. I mean, I think we, when you look at the way people do stuff now, I think you can get a pretty good idea of that. Like, there are already people who reject certain elements of technological convenience because they want to be more connected to something. I mean, we could talk as simple as motherfuckers who don't wear shoes because they want to be connected to the ground. We could talk about fathers who want to make sure they get skin-to-skin contact when their child is first born. We could talk about people who would rather use a doula and, or a midwife than birthing at a hospital. Like, people are already doing that, so I feel like, of course, there's going to be a lot of women who are like, no, no, I, I want to carry my baby inside of me. I think there's going to also be a lot of women who have heavy, heavy economic pressure on them to be like, how can I sidestep this? Like, I have to make money. It's, it's not expected for my husband to, to be the only one who makes money. And I also don't want to be financially dependent on him. And in capitalism, money is power over yourself. So it's not about do I want to have this baby? It's can I afford to carry this baby and keep doing what I want to do with my life? So and it's a, a situation men have never had to been in. Well, never. I was curious, yeah. Alvin, when you were talking about earlier how the perfect age for a woman to have a child for to not to affect their career was that yeah, 22, 23. Is it because maybe they're not as far in their career as where they would be if they're 30, 35, and they have the time to raise the child? Is that the reason why? Yes, 100%. That's but, the thing about aging. Like, if you if you start over starting over in life in anything at 25 is way easier than starting over at 35 like a 25 year old woman who's like i'm going to start my bachelor's now she's going to be good by 35 if you're 35 trying to start back becoming a computer scientist life is it's just going to be rough for you yeah the world's going to change by the time you get up to speed i mean i guess you could do 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 this with the surrogate now but if a woman could just basically outsource the birth of her own kid, like the old mm. incubation of her own child, I think that it, it 
just because of it's it's something it's like a new concept that it would be like frowned upon now, but like That's 50, true. 80 years down the line, like it would be like totally normal. Kim K already did the shit. Like yeah. it's it's already Dude, been twice, a right? Yeah. yeah. Twice, yeah. right? <clears throat> yeah. Uh, well, yeah, maybe, yeah. She did cuz she did she did one, at least one of the kids in herself. I think she I think, ca- yeah. she carried North, right? Was yeah. that the first baby? She, she yeah, 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 that was the, that yeah, was the first. Yeah, she definitely carried she the first. She did surrogates? Baby. Yeah, she had yeah, she, she had at least surrogates. one, maybe two. Mm-hmm. Is it three babies now? Oh, they got like four. Oh, then she definitely surrogated. She was they, they was Kardashian probably doing Kanye West got like yo, four kids together. I, I just realized you could also like if you were doing surrogates, you could do concurrent shit. Like especially if you've got money, you could be like, no, I want five kids by fucking twenty nine. I'm only twenty eight. Boom! I can have five kids that are all within like three or two months. Of, like you can start really playing with what you That's want clever. with your life. That's actually kind of wild. I be having and some w- crazy ideas, bro. That's that's yeah. that's something. And I will well, it's say great that because like, if if you have like one kid and then six years later you have another kid, you basically raise kids twice. But if you could have them two two months back, yeah, to you want to try and get have kids as close together as you What's can. What's the cost of a surrogacy? Does anyone know? Alvin, so you're gonna have to you pro, you you usually give a lump sum payment that's that's pretty substantial, and then you're covering like all of their medical expenses, and then you're typically like helping them out in terms of like stuff like bills nutrition that kind of stuff so like i'd probably say minimum 60k minimum per year just for a year yeah Yeah. what were you gonna say before by the way oh i was gonna say that like um the trajectory is that as countries become more developed just getting back to the core of like the birth rate discussion is that birth rates fall Mm. because women because one of the chief ways to develop a country is to just like help women Mm. <laughs> that's like the easy that's the easiest Educate most impactful women, yeah. way it's to half develop the population like no shit you know no but but also like it's the way oh, to like raise your women yeah specifically women because mm. like you raise all of your scores because women are typically the most like disenfranchised mm. they're they're doing the worst in these countries so like you raise all of your like you know unicef scores or what the fuck have your un like you know scores by just helping women um but as they like get more educated they get more opportunity they don't want to have children like that anymore so birth rates yeah. fall so as you develop we're gonna have less kids you know what i mean and then it's like what is what does the world look like when like there there are no more poor people having children having babies it's, it's, but yeah. i think at the individual to level the Elon like, musk not on the macro level but on the individual level i feel like i i speak to a lot of women who are like struggling to balance that desire for a child with the modern developed um goals and pressures that we're told to have in a way that interestingly men don't seem to have the same fear they don't seem to have this in my experience it's like even talking to men who are in their late 30s early 40s they don't seem to have this same like fuck i gotta find me a wife and settle down and have kids even though it's something maybe they want they there's kind of an assumption that they don't have to make a compromise with any other aspect of their life other than just maybe being less free it doesn't it doesn't there's not the same fear and like hecticness that I feel from women where it's like oh like I want to be a mother but like I haven't found my partner and I'm am I going to be a surrogate or like yeah or or even if they're queer then it's like okay fuck I need a surrogate I need it like all that kind of shit it's just it's a whole different energy talking to them about that kind of thing it's got it's got to be because pregnancy affects them differently than it would affect us like I feel like Absolutely. I feel like I could have a kid at 45 but women can't say that 
but but to Alvin's point, he's saying yeah, no, actually they can. they can. Like it's it's a it's a medical um, discrimination thing or, or and bad science that's that's suggesting that that's the case that they can't really do that. Um, and yeah, economic also, problems. And, yeah, with birth control affects what happens to you in later ages too in terms of 30s and 40s being able to get pregnant too. So if you're taking birth control for like decades, oh, that you may not be able forever. to get pregnant in your 40s. That's crazy. I didn't know that. Damn. Yeah, it affects your hormones. Fucking hell. Yeah, we're not... <laughs> well, You're yeah. in a crappy situation. Yeah. <laughs> that, lose, is, lose. that is wild. Because we always talk about like male birth control comes up a lot and it's like how difficult it is to do birth control for men because of how our like gonad cycle doesn't is just daily and doesn't work and you can't control it the same way it's like yeah i feel like the, when they come out with birth control it's going to be 20 years later a whole bunch of dudes who are just sterile and, and it's going to cause some children did you see the shit, shit where it was like um the the trials for like the very promising quote-unquote male birth control where they were just like going into like rages and like being like dep- it was like fucking up oh their mental God. health like like it was like fucking up their mental health like something major like that was the issue some twilight zone shit imagine giving a man a birth control pill and he just goes into a murderous rage like Jesus <laughs> Christ. however however the motherfucker was not producing children <laughs> so that's like, true that's effective science that's he yeah. bo- box checked you know what Case I mean? closed. the population has been <laughs> controlled not only is he not adding to it he's taken away from it it's great birth control also we trimming these numbers down <laughs> Fuck it. Well, let me tell you if we could just get this past legislation we would be out of there okay <laughs> we've already had a population problem um new question what do y'all think it's for everybody i suppose but what do y'all think movies get wrong about men and women and maybe our relationships but one of mine that I really don't like is I feel like, especially with romance shit, um, and this isn't is more a relationship thing, but like the the concept of the meet cute, like how you're supposed to meet a person. I feel like in movies there's this sense that like things are gonna kind of happen in this sort of like magical way that I feel like isn't isn't at all real. Like a girl's gonna come up to you, or you're gonna f- find yourself in a situation where like sparks are gonna happen and that kind of shit, and it's like it's really not that magical and romantic most of the time. Like you're not. You're not in a record store and you see a girl taking the thing. You go, oh, I like that. And then, boom, y'all are in love. Or you see a girl on a train and she smiles back at you. Like, that kind of thing doesn't happen as much in real life. It's because you're not a character in a movie. Things don't happen mm-hmm. to you. You have to kind of be the inciting incident. So I feel like that that definitely is something about movies that, that fucked up my perspective on not just romance, but just everything. Like, where I was like, oh, magic will happen. Like, I'll get my Hogwarts letter. I'll get my, like, my fucking car will turn out to be a Transformer or whatever version that is at the smaller, regular person level. But life is not like that at all. Yeah, if you grow up, like, films are part of your, so much of your life, like, for us especially, and I don't know if you guys have always just had such a connection to film, you have to be able to disassociate from the fantasy of it. It's not real, but sometimes you get lost in it and think that, like Eddie was saying, that stuff like that can happen to you in real life. And you just got to realize that, like, it's not how it works. You know, it's not like La La Land. It's not like 500 Days of Summer. It's not It's not like any of those. And, like, there are realistic romance films, though, that I think get right. Like, I think most recently Malcolm and Marie is the most accurate or most realistic, like, relationship movie I've seen in a few years. And I felt, I felt like, disturbed from past relationships watching that movie. I, f- I felt so close to heart in those situations mm. and those fights that you have. And it, I thought that was really authentic, an authentic take on relationships. But, I mean— I do like fantastical elements of romance films. That's what makes it fun. But also, you have to be able to disassociate. And also, Hollywood yeah. always projects like the highlights or the big events of, course, of relationships. Yeah. Whereas, 
I've lived with someone like part time. I lived with like an ex for like six months straight, basically. Mm. And like being in a, in a real relationship, that's, that's it's very not normal, about, my like, man. That's all the like, highlights. It's about you said it like it was a prison sentence for six months straight. I was living in the same house. As <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> I couldn't normal. leave the house. So <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's the little things. That's what re- make up relationships. Like these little right. tiny situations. Uh, like who's gonna do the dishes, and th- that doesn't make for great entertainment. And so the, the realism is often it. sucked out. Because I think, I don't know if we talked about it. Did we talk about that, um, I want you to want to do the dishes shit last time? I, maybe. I so maybe. We, we've talked about that before on here, but okay. I don't know if it was specifically. Yeah. From, yeah. from whatever that movie is, uh, it's, it's not Wedding Crashers, but it's Vince Vaughn and. Um, the Breakup, because I was breakup. literally going to bring that up because I love the fucking oh, Breakup as much. Because I've always seen that scene, and I and I can track my own development as a functioning human being based on how I reinterpreted that scene. Because originally I was like, yeah, why the fuck would you want to do dishes? But it's like what she's saying, once you're grown, makes complete fucking sense. And he seems like a dumbass because it's like, no, I don't want to have to ask you to to do something in the relationship. I want I you want to be you a to have... functional human being and right. do the fucking dishes because it needs to be done. And we live in a household that we want to fucking function. And and even at a deeper emotional level, it's like I don't I don't want you to like I don't want you to fuck me. I want you to desire me. Like I don't want sex. I want you to want to fuck me. Those are two different things. Like I want you to be like, oh, it would be great for me to do this thing for my partner because I care about my partner. I want you to want to do the thing, not not just do the thing. Um, but I feel like yeah, in a lot of man, sick sitcoms and not sitcoms. What do they call romantic comedies? Their whole the whole way they portray relationships is just like but so fucked up most of the time. I really, I really like that one. I really like mm. that one. And the biggest thing I like about it is that he was forever changed by their relationship. I feel like for the better at the end, and their mm. relationship didn't work out. Like I like Ooh, I like that I that resonate with you personally. It resonated. It resonated with me. It resonated with me because I feel like so much of the Hollywood aesthetic is like, oh, the guy changes. She takes them back. They live happily ever after and all this stuff. But this was like, no, they, I felt like they both, they both were better off. Vince Vaughn's mm-hmm. character, definitely much more so um, than Jennifer Anderson's character. But they realized that it just wasn't going to work. Like, that, I feel like we need more of that shit. Has that kind of happened to you in your, your own life? Um, I mean, so first of all, first of all, you know, I like, as I like to tell people, you know, nobody's making me better right here. You know, I come to the relationship as a fool, you know, as a full complete package, that's the that's the benefit of being with Alvin as a partner. That you're going to get somebody ready made. But I do think okay. that like yeah, great advertisement. That, like, yeah, but I do feel like that the idea of like said, I was born we can ready be for fine. marriage. Yeah, but the idea that we can you be were fine not born apart, ready for marriage. No motherfucker. So, don't don't so say ready, that man. unironically. Don't so say ready. that unironically. Doing the dishes is a baby. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. You know, this motherfucker you know, was emotionally intelligent as shit. Fucking five years that. old. I was trying to be the husband that I want. You know that I wanted to. You trying know. to get husbanded. <laughs> you were playing house. Perfect perfection. <laughs> cooking, cooking, cleaning, studying. Fucking. This nigga was five years old playing house, being like, "Hey, honey, I've done the linens." Understanding love languages. You know what I'm saying? I always had an easy makeover. It has this kind of a lie, this fake thing where. It kind of tells you in most movies that the breakup and a few other movies are exceptions. But this thing where if you find love, then you're going to be in love forever. Mm. You know, like this happy mm-hmm. ending. But throughout your life, you're going to fall in love. Most generally, people will fall, fall in love with multiple people yes. and have relationships and partnerships with multiple people. It's not going to be 
for everyone, you find that one person and it's, it's going to last for sure. It's not going to have the happy ending. So you can fall in love. You'll feel like for a while it's going to work out, but mm. it's not going to. And that's just life. That's why I love The Graduate. The ending of that movie is people misinterpret oh, that a yeah. lot because they run yes. away. That they, he saves her from the wedding. They're on the bus and they're smiling and laughing. And then the camera stays on them for like 30 seconds. And, and then they you just look at each other and they look away. straight and their smiles fade away because they realize, oh, crap, I don't know if I want to do this. Now, now I just left what? my wedding. Now what? Yeah. Mm. Those, exactly. those so like, like that's a great ending. Those like different strokes, graduate moments where somebody just makes the wildest fucking like overture of like pure romance with no practicality, or they did it in Californication too, like you know storming in during somebody's wedding is like that's so thoroughly not reality, but at the same time it's it's nice, man. Know, it's a good ass story, man. It's a good fucking story. It is. If I had knew where somebody's wedding was, if I had knew where somebody's wedding was, I might would have did it, man. But that's, that's also in real life <laughs> is like on the psychopath shit. Yeah, like in real life, it's yeah. fuck, super fucked up. With a Look, man, it, it worked please, in a different baby, world, please. man. Yeah, it worked well, in a different world, man. Oh, yeah, different world. I said different strokes, different world. Movies yeah. allow you to like live fantasy. And so you can see yeah. the fantasy of like you would never do that, but like the thought would cross your mind and you imagine, see, I, oh, I, what would I happen if I did that? I don't think they are, though. I feel like, I feel like movies are like movies porn social media all that kind of stuff we kind of realize that it's separate but we don't fully like our brains just can't work that way like we can't like you can't look at porn and be like i understand so thoroughly that this is pixels that my dick won't get hard like your brain just responds to it and i feel like the same way in movies you watch two people fall in love your your brain is trained somewhere subconsciously to think that is a valid form of how this interaction happens in the real world like well, that's yeah. why people get mad at movies because they know that that impacts the way people think. When you see racism, I, dis- or I, dis- I disagree. I disagree yeah. completely. Well, you could compare it to like say a historical fiction, like a historical biographical film. When people watch anything, it could be about a famous person throughout history. Mm-hmm. If they watch a movie about it, they'll generally accept like these are things that happened. These are things like what this person was like exactly. But in reality, any kind of bi- biographical film, you're, the actor is not going to say anything that the person really said in these situations, except for like public events. And but audiences still accept like this is like a very accurate portrayal of this situation in history. Well, there's a difference between like um, creative license and misrepresentation. It's one thing to say this is in the style of something that Malcolm X might say, and this is something that he didn't say that drastically misrepresents his beliefs and is going to make people think this thing about him. Those are two very different things that you're doing as a director or a writer or whatever. And I think you're responsible for those. Like if you, if, if, which is why people get mad at like Joss Whedon or whatever. It's like when you portray women a certain way or you portray people of color a certain way, it has a negative impact on the way people think of those people. Like men, <laughs> a lot of men, but uh, there's other there's other ways to do this. But like a lot of men don't see women as like the same as them because they've grown up watching movies, video games, whatever, where women were not people in those things. Like, and I say that's a direct fucking through line to the cause so, there. So I think I think that I think that the the line that I have to have is that I 100 percent agree, and I and I, and I will harken back to the last time we had this discussion because it was when. I think so. I uh, think we it came up together. last. So yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. And I was I was I was staunchly in the camp of, you know, like directors and, and, and creatives don't have any any sort of like um responsibility for what they put out there that people have to interpret things for themselves as individual people. Mm. So but I I've shifted a lot since then. So I agree with you that over time like these things can 
can move society and like move individuals and, and condition them to think a certain way on things. What I don't think is that people are completely in the moment um, unable to disassociate fantasy from reality. Like that's that's like neurologically just false. Like people can t- tell the difference and interpret fantasy and reality completely differently. Like I, neurologically, like there have been fMRI a, studies. No, I think it's a, I, b- <laughs> I believe that, but I think it's a percentage thing. Like if you show somebody a hundred movies showing something, even if they know for the most part, consciously, this thing is not reality. There's a little tinge of them that's going to be like, yeah. oh, but maybe it represents yeah. something. If you see that a hundred times, that'll have an impact on a person. Of course, a per- an individual has that capacity, but... No, but I'm saying I'm saying I agree, I agree with you. Like, long-term conditioning, absolutely. Individual moments between fantasy and reality, 100% people can dissociate. Sure, but nobody those. watches just one porn video, is my point. Like, you watch it you watch <laughs> they may only, but they may Yeah, but they may only watch Harry Potter a couple times. <laughs> you know, they may only watch the breakup once. True. Um, do y'all think um, old school relationships were were better or worse than what we have going on now? Because it does seem like they lasted longer. But well, one of the negative aspects to older relationships is you had more pressure to get into a relationship in a marriage much younger Oof. to get married by like there... nineteen, twenty, twenty one. That was expected of you, and so I'm sure plenty of people maybe got married to a person they maybe never loved, or they felt like they felt like they had to get married as young as possible. Mm. So uh, that Whoa. could be a negative aspect to uh, traditional dating from before technology became present. One thing I think Alvin has kind of started to change my mind about or not make me think about differently is like, maybe I don't need to be loved like I think I do. You know what I mean? Like maybe I am maybe I can learn to be okay with a relationship. Fuck, the way I'm saying this is making it seem like you don't have love in your relationship, but that's not what I'm saying. But just like <laughs> making making a romantic decision from a more practical space of like, because you said, oh, a lot of these people weren't getting married for love. And I'm like, maybe I don't need to. Maybe maybe commitment is much more important to me, actually, than than like romance and passion and shit like that. Yeah. Which is what you could say building a relationship over decades Absolutely. could give you a great amount more, more rewarding of a experience and then more fulfillment making a long-standing connection with someone over such a long period of time, uh, the experiences, mm-hmm. the things you do get together, raising a family together, that could be even more powerful than like passionate love in a lot of ways. Yeah, just because, I, so. I mean, love's great and subjective and everything, but still, it doesn't mean you're not going to betray each other. It doesn't mean you're not going to hurt each other. That's all still uh, relevant. It's all going to happen at some point, probably in most relationships, if it's just based purely on intimacy and love. And I, I don't see anything wrong with having a practical uh, outlook on a relationship like that. Yeah. I think it's a little bit difficult, though, because I, I think I was starting to examine my own feelings on this. And I was like, I because I've said on this podcast before that I don't mind settling. and I don't think settling is a dirty word. And I think some people don't like the idea of settling, but some people also don't like the idea of being settled for. And I feel like to make those practical decisions to, to build a long term relationship with somebody, you have to you have to be willing to accept both sides of that, that you're making a practical decision, but also understanding that the other person is making a practical decision and you're okay with that. I think everybody's easy to be like, okay, I settled for you, but you, you reached for me. It's like that, that can kind of feel like a, almost an okay situation, but to be like, no, I'm not, you're not my ideal pick and I'm not yours, but we're going to build 20, 30, 40 years of support between one another and make something that's way stronger than either of us ever could have been. That seems difficult to get to. I think, okay, so because I, I, I get where you're coming from because I think I'm kind of like getting into that same headspace in life now because I was like super duper picky and, and whatnot yeah, yeah, when it came to they women. Get, and, they got, got past the wall, you know? He's like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, it was just like, I'm, I'm, 
I'm just realizing like there's um like the beauty in different different types of uh, women or personalities. Just as long as like my needs are being f- being fulfilled, mm. like there's a lot more like leeway, and I'm just realizing like okay, well there's actually a lot of beauty in this type of person. I'm finding mm. myself being attracted to like different body types Absolutely. than I was before. Um, if you would have asked like me like five years ago, I'm like oh no, I, 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 I would probably settling for this, but I don't feel like I'm settling now. I just feel like I'm just kind of being more realistic you have a and wider actually palette. genuinely yeah like i have a better palette for mm-hmm. for dating and love these days so i i think when you get to that point of like settling it's um the natural progression is like okay well i've tried this i tried this this didn't work so now okay i'm here let's let's go with love with the guy that's I don't know with the introverted guy who doesn't like who seems like super nice who doesn't really talk to a whole lot of people mm-hmm. like what whatever it is so, yeah, so are you I just comfortable think, being that guy you feel? As long as she actually desired me. Yes. And like and fulfilled me, I don't give a fuck like a shit. Because nine times out of ten, it's like there's gonna be some things I would would have settled for in her. So For sure. I Do you think, think settling like, for it would it would be better to word it as getting rid of your own ego? Yeah. And not looking for like the perfect person or an ideal and just more being being more accepting of indiv- other individuals. But it's just like dating apps. Like, how are we supposed to find exactly to the T all the attributes of a human being that we want, and then fall in love and everything like that? And we're already, mm. I think we already live in a society that's we're lucky to have the option where, like, I want to fall in love, and I have the option to try and find oh, someone yeah. to love and not love trying me to just back, settle down and have some you know, babies to get the through the of human history. We don't really, we didn't have that option. I feel like with humans and civilizations to like have the opportunity just to find love and that be a goal of yours in a relationship. But it means I think there's a point where if you're too picky, then you may never find love or what you're looking for because there's so much programming that love is what you should be receiving and is what you should be giving and that that's the main and only thing that matters that it can be a little bit difficult to to fully kind of kind of get there and I, and I don't feel like anything about society is really helping us in that way though I think a lot of people are maybe coming to that conclusion I don't think I think all of the messaging we get from social media movies all that shit is making it even worse than it was like and 90s and 2000s was the heyday of like romance and falling in love and meeting on a fucking ship and you know doing it against all odds and shit but it still feels even worse now yeah and what is love is it am i gonna feel it am i gonna fall in love in first sight is it gonna be instant or is it gonna be a couple weeks of dating someone a couple months of dating someone or is you just know it when you feel it like it's very subjective and there's really like love is obviously we know what it is in in a concept but it's very also vague in, in terms of a term and emotion and something that i always i i've realized lately is the over abundance of selection especially if you're using a dating app because i realized this crazy irony is so i've only had one long-term relationship one girlfriend and we were in love for a while and i it, it wasn't until like after the fact that i realized if if i had matched with her on a dating app it was it's pretty unlikely that i would have pursued her over girls that i was sure. matched with like i she would have gotten lost in the shuffle as well but she and i met in person neither of us were using apps or anything and I, I feel confident to say that if we had matched on Bumble and I was talking to several other girls, she might have gotten lost in the shuffle and it never Easy. would have met, met, led into anything. That's ironic. I totally get that, um, Anthony. Um, I've it's, it's weird how that can happen because, like, I don't know, I've fallen in love with a girl like, who I met in real life. But initially, I, was just, I didn't really – it wasn't like I was like, oh, my God, like, who is that? Like, I got I to gotta talk to her. I got to date her. But we just so happened to link and connect mm. and – you grow, yeah. 
we, yeah, we just we just really hit it the fuck off, and like I haven't loved somebody else as much as I've loved her that since. Person. You know, I feel like yeah. I hear those stories all the time. Maybe even more from women where it's like, I, but some of them are a little bit weird. The way they say it is like, I, I hated this motherfucker when I met him. He was annoying and, and ugly. And then, but you know, eventually I grew to love him and now I love him, you know, dearly kind of a thing. Yeah, man. Um, like I told you, man, like it be these women that like, you know, from my past that I wasn't even feeling like that. And then I was mm-hmm. like, Oh shit, we watched fucking, you know, princess Mononoke or some shit. Mm-hmm. And I was like, Oh my God, I fucking love you. I like, but I will say, yeah. yeah, but I will say just on the flip side that like, for everybody out there, you can't you can find that like kind of ideal kind of for you. Like I say it all the time, and I want to reiterate it that my current relationship, I'm 100 percent hoping that it's my last. Not only do I think we vibe like just like on an intellectual like personality level, like we we fit so well, and I've spoken about that at length on like how she gets me, um, and my my really weird like idiosyncrasies well, but physically. I also think that she's like very close to like what I want, like from my type. And the only thing that I would say, like from a type thing, and this isn't like a secret from her, is I wish she was taller. Mm. Like if she was like five ten, I'd be like, uh, you're one hundred percent perfect. That's the only compromise. <laughs> that's the only compromise that I've made, like physically. So I do, I do want the listeners to know that, like, you can like find that. I think that's maybe the only insult you can give to your girl, or not insult, but criticism. I think you can say, "I wish she was taller," and and it's and it's all good. Yeah, you really right? can't say nothing yeah. else. That's a safe. That's a safe one, right? That's like, a what safe you, one. What, that's super what safe. You, she, she gets, she gets about mad me. about that. Like, yeah, I, I, but, but you can say this tall. publicly that's on a podcast. You couldn't say. There's no other thing that you could have <laughs> said that on this podcast that it wouldn't have been wild. But you could be like, oh, I thought she was. I wish she was. I wish she was a few inches taller. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like all the tall else. women just fell in love with Alvin all over. Oh, again. that's what that was. Oh. Like, oh, like Alvin, he, how tall are you? you? <laughs> I, I, I'm I'm six one. Okay, right. a, l- a little bit over six one, a hair over six one. Okay, mm. six one and one eighth. Yeah, yeah. Give him his centimeters. Yeah, yeah, you got it. You, <laughs> you want us, you want to, you want the cuddle to fit perfectly. The cuddle. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. You get it. Yeah. You get it. That's what yeah. I'm saying. Right. She hugging on your kneecap, and you got to be like, oh, okay, well, yeah. <laughs> yeah, like I think five <laughs> six five seven is my perfect height. How tall are you? I'm five nine and a half. Uh, yeah, yeah, every centimeter, one hundred percent. Yeah, I tell you. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Saying a half inch is wild, bro. You can't say <laughs> you can't say the half inch, bro. That's crazy. <laughs> no, I especially if your height start with an inch with a five. five. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> just say you're five ten, bro. That's I'm not just say you're five ten. Do it. You're five okay, ten. Fine. I, I'm taller right. than him, so I'm right around five ten. So it's okay. There you go. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he knows how to do it. That's how you're supposed to just say you're five ten, bro. That's crazy. Because no, I'm sure was, you, you probably are five ten in the, in the morning. <laughs> you five ten when you wake up. Yeah, I guarantee morning, you're five ten. It's true. Yeah. So that you just got to say that's how I'm a morning person. Uh, that, for some reason, that sounded oddly sexual. Like I didn't. I was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> you're five ten in the morning, big boy. Oh, like like his penis? Is that what you mean? Weird. Like his penis is five foot ten inches, yeah. or like his his penis is like five point nine It just sounded weird inches. to say like you're five ten in the morning. Hanging you know? below the feet. That's why. <laughs> I love how Eddie took it so serious. <laughs> well, I was trying Eddie to figure out what he was saying. What do you mean? What do you, what do you mean by that? Are you What's talking about his, his his penis, Anthony's penis? So, <laughs> I don't know. Over it. It's like that that Chris Rock joke where he's talking about imagine if LeBron played played a hockey, he wouldn't even use a stick. He just used his dick. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> See, that's what you that's how you advertise to to ladies, man. That's that's what you got to do. Well, all right, guys. I think this has been a very good podcast to everyone um if uh, I don't know. If you if you find yourself way too um 
influenced by movies to where it's negatively impacting your life, you may be seeing a red flag. Um, but in the same vein, if uh, you don't want to do the dishes and you don't want to want to want to want to do the dishes, it might be you that's raving the red flag. There's been uh, Raiders of the Lost podcast. Anthony and James, as well as Waving the Red Flag, Eddie, Josh, and Alvin. We'll see y'all next week. If y'all want to join us before, during the live on Patreon, hop on Patreon, like, subscribe, hop down in the comments, and we'll see y'all next week. Peace. Thanks for having us, fellas. Thank you for coming through, man. Much appreciated. It's a red flag.